0: Dave is The Unbreakable Farmer and welcome to the Beyond the Back Paddock podcast where I have the privilege to be joined by some amazing people I get to meet in my travels and share their stories and wisdom with you. After all one of the most powerful assets of any community is the shared wisdom and the best way to share that wisdom is through storytelling. So sit back and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Beyond the Back Paddock podcast. My guest today grew up in the central wheat belt of, new, of Western Australia, I nearly said New South Wales. Um, won the 2022 Australian of the Year for Western Australia and is the founder of a grassroots charity that is sparking conversations and breaking down stigma of mental health here in Australia and across the globe, giving dead trees a new lease on life and turning them into symbols of hope. Please welcome the founder of the Blue Tree Project, Kendall
1: White. Hello, how are you? G'day,
0: Kendall. How are you? Thanks for joining me today.
1: Happy to be joining you from um, Wadjuk Land over here in Perth.
0: Very good. I'm, I'm I'm really grateful that you've um you've given me the time to come on and have a chat today. Um I've been really enthralled by. Um, the journey of the Blue Tree Project, and I'm sure we'll find out a lot more about that as we go along. But I'm really interested to get an understanding of of where you grew up and a, a bit of your story of of, of growing up in that in the Central Wheat Belt of Western Australia.
1: Yes, so grew up in Muck and Boudin, or more well known over here as Mucka. So I'm a Mucka girl through and through. Mum and Dad are still on the farm um running yeah running the farm still it's only three and a half hours from Perth so it's a pretty quick trip for me to get back when I can um yeah love going back to the farm and spending the weekends there when possible looking up and seeing the stars it's my favorite part like it's just amazing to go out and see the stars like so clearly it's my favorite part
0: it's nothing like it's nothing like the, a starlit night in the country, and but I must admit, after spending a week in Western Australia for the first time in my life uh, a couple of months back, it's a it's a beautiful state. So um, there's lots of beautiful things to look at over in Western Australia. Um, so the farm was like a, is a, obviously in the wheat belt. It would be um, predominantly grain um, farming.
1: Yeah. So we do a bit of everything. We've got um well, we do grain and sheep and yeah grow all sorts of varieties um grain we've got wheat, barley, um lupins, oats, do some of our own hay, canola. So yeah, really have a crack at everything. <laughs> uh-huh. Um everything there and yeah, like you said, WA is a pretty special state, it's such a big, vast state and um Yeah, we have such a range of different lands and um, farming land throughout as well.
0: So, growing up, um, I'm gathering you went to, did you go to school um, locally or did you go to um, boarding school or school of the air? I don't know. I I don't know (laughs) your background or how far away, but I've only been three hours from Perth, I'm sure. Yeah. It was either at school or boarding school.
1: Yeah, Maka is quite fortunate in that we actually do have a district high that goes from kindy to year 12 for those wanting to do it remotely. So um, yeah, I went to um, the district high up until boarding school. So did all my primary years there. And then um, like many others, when it comes to year eight, I headed off to boarding school here in Perth. Um, where I live now. I feel very fortunate to have grown up in the country. Um, growing up as a child out in the farm, in the bush, you just, it's a different kind of lifestyle that you get to raise up within. And yeah, coming to Perth and going to a all girls boarding school was certainly quite a shock. And um, it also had so many great opportunities. that I was yeah, very grateful for um and met lifelong friends that I'm still very close with. Funny enough, many of them have moved back out into the country, um, as I think quite often happens. Um, but yeah, I I feel really grateful to have been able to have a school of that size in Makkah because I know that there are small towns um surrounding us that unfortunately schools are closing down as farms sort of grow and town sites shrink and um my mum is actually a teacher at muck and district high still i think going on 35 plus years there so yeah just certainly part of the furniture <laughs>
0: yeah so i'm really interested in you saying that like uh, growing up and then moving into the city i get asked this question a lot when i'm speaking about my own kids and you know what you know? Because I always say I wouldn't have wouldn't have changed any part of my story for anything because I wouldn't be the person I am now. And and what are the mm. things that have taken away, or what are my what have my kids taken away from that that farming journey? What what are some of those, I suppose, skills or values or, or whatever that is um that you learned growing up that you that are now used in your day to day life now?
1: Yeah, I think um I think there's something about people who grow up in the country that with a certain quality um that I just love so much I think there's that resourcefulness and resilience really um you have to be quite practical and learn so many different skills because yeah you are sort of in a remote um location and you kind of never know what's going to happen so growing up Dad taught me how to change tyres very early on and checking oil and doing all the mechanical side of things. But um, also just I think growing up in the country, life is different. It's much slower. Um, I think you spend so much more time outdoors. I don't know whether that's just because technology now has kind of erased that for a lot of kids, but I really love going out to the sheep yard and doing sheep work after school or um if i wasn't doing sheep work i was playing every sport under the sun possible um including footy and running around with everyone so i think um a very active lifestyle very resourceful and there's something about growing up where not everything's at your fingertips or at the touch of a button so easily that you become more resourceful and and build some resilience in that sense. So I'm really grateful for gaining that growing up um, out in the bush. And yeah, I think that's what adds to people um, the quality, the special quality <laughs> of country yeah. people.
0: Yeah, and I definitely agree. And like it's, I think it's being exposed to, uh, and I suppose that the, 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 the Realistic way of saying it is life and death. Like living on a farm, it's not. Nothing's ever taboo or anything because that's just life on a farm. And I think it's um, it's a really good grounding uh, for for any kid. And you know, I wish I had have grown up like I never moved to the country until I was fifteen, but I wish I'd have grown up on a farm Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, what I see my kids do compared to what I did, even though I lived pretty, um a pretty good childhood cuz you know growing up in a developing suburb of melbourne we're in a new housing estate where you were the first farm, first um house on that estate you know you used to be able to get up to a fair bit of mischief on development sites <laughs> and stuff like that which is a totally different lifestyle to the to the country but i used to love getting out on the farm yeah so really this. um like for the, for people listening that don't know anything about um the blue tree project um can you just tell us the story behind um and tell us as much or as little as you like because i understand that some parts of that might be challenging for you but um tell us Mm. the story behind the first blue tree because i I, and i'm sure you know people are listening particularly in western australia after being there myself there's plenty of them around but there's there's trees everywhere now you see um you see trees everywhere. So tell us the story behind the first blue tree.
1: Yeah. So like you said, um, in WA, the blue trees are pretty hard to miss now within the state and I think COVID probably helped with that in that we were stuck here and everyone hit the road with their caravans and so there was that exposure of helping us grow through that time because I founded the project in 2019. Um And the project began out of personal tragedy and um, the loss of my brother to suicide in 2018. So Jaden took his own life whilst he was living in Sydney, so he wasn't living regionally or on the farm at that point. Um, And, yeah, the story of the Blue Tree Project and how it has come to be is through... The practical joke of Jaden painting a tree blue one night on our family farm um, at our metal dump, actually, wondering how long it would be before anyone noticed the tree. And I actually didn't know about it until um, we lost Jaden. And so this story was shared at his funeral of, well, with the person who helped him paint it of this practical joke that they had gone out and found some random paint in the workshop and thought, what are we going to do with this? And of all things, they thought to paint a tree at our metal dump. And the metal dump is a special place because it's kind of like on an old granite rock and it's where we park all the cracked shells and throw all the old parts. And um, there used to be like ponds and we used to catch tadpoles in there and just spend hours kind of fossicking around the scrap heap. So very special place and, um, yeah, didn't actually know the tree had been painted in that location. And so it was hearing the story of him um, sort of playing that practical joke many years before we lost him. It was actually 2014 when he first painted the original blue tree. And um, what happened is that story inspired um, one of his best mates and my cousin to go and paint a tree on their family farm as a bit of a tribute, but also as a way to start the conversation because we didn't see it coming with Jaden at all in regards to his mental health. And we didn't realize that he was struggling, um, especially not to that extent. And so what happened is the two guys that painted the tree, Simon and Jared, um, spent two days, several liters of paint. It was just before Christmas. So it was hitting about 45 degrees out there. So pretty, pretty hot work and took a photo at the end of it and then shared this on Facebook and the post just sort of went viral really quite quickly we saw how it was impacting people how it was resonating on the online community and I think it was just really um, special to see how people were connecting with it so quickly and so I think we saw that and thought wow this is There's something here, maybe, like maybe there's something that we can do to stop others from going through the same pain and devastation that we have and still do, really, obviously. And um, so, before we knew it, we also had people sharing um, photos of blue trees that they had painted in the comments section on this particular post that was shared. And yeah, I think we just saw the power of this symbol that became, yeah, this symbol was very much a grassroots movement at that point. We started an Instagram page just to share a couple of photos that had been sent through. And yeah, I really couldn't have imagined that as of this week, we have just ticked over 1000 registered blue trees as part of the project, which is just incredible. And I think There's something about that practical hands-on activity of actually going out there and doing something and feel like you're having an impact, you're playing your part in trying to help build a more mentally healthy future. And that's what we hope the Blue Trees are out there doing. They're acting as conversation starters um, for people on road trips with their kids and they see the tree and it's a great opportunity to talk about mental health and Um, bring about building emotional intelligence within our younger generations. And then also there is that visual reminder. So every time you drive past it, it's that reminder either to yourself to reflect on your own self-care, or maybe it's just that prompt to check in with a mate who's maybe been going through a rough time or loved ones who have been struggling. So I think um, the Blue Tree Project has started out of tragedy and it is legacy, like a legacy of my brothers. But in saying that, I think the symbol of the blue tree now holds such a whole new meaning almost to so many people. And we've seen kindergartens, retirement homes, mining companies, universities, you name it. So many people becoming involved because it's something that has allowed them to Actually, get involved with like a movement, and they feel like they're playing their part, and that's what is beautiful in that sense. That we all have a role to play when it comes to building a mentally healthy future for for the younger generations to come.
0: De- uh, definitely, and um, I think the the biggest thing about you know people coming together and and you know whether they're affected or not by. A loss of a family member or a community member—it's just that community connection and coming together. I think that's very, very powerful. Like, um, you know, it's one of the things that that I talk about a fair bit is about that community connection and the shared wisdom in communities and and mm. coming together. And like you said, doing a, a hands-on project where it's you know obviously there'd be a bit mm. of fun on the day as well, like people getting covered mm. in paint and and so yeah. forth. That'd be uh, it would be a, a, a like a a good day for the community to come together. I just want yeah. to ask you a question, and if you're comfortable enough to answer it, because I get asked a fair bit. And you've touched on it a little bit about Jaden's story, and and you know, not realizing, I mm. suppose, the position that he was in. In hindsight, or you know, or knowing what you know now around mental health, um, do you think that yeah. you, you, you would have been hindsight better- is yeah, better equipped or, you know, better equipped in your knowledge now than what you were then or that your family were. That's I know it's a, yeah, I just want to see what your thoughts oh, yeah. are on because I get asked that question a fair bit about, you know, what are the signs mm. or what should we be looking for? And I say, well, it's a, nearly a how long a piece of string kind of question.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's a really difficult thing is that mental health looks so different on everyone and people present differently. Um, So hindsight is this tricky thing um, that obviously is very good to look upon and learn. But it also, when it comes to suicide, can be this um, thing that drags you into this heap of guilt and what you could have, should have done. And so I've always been very mindful about being conscious of not going down that road too much. Absolutely, now that it's impacted me on such a personal level, previously I was definitely part of the privileged minority that hadn't experienced suicide or maybe I just wasn't an age to grasp um, the impact, but was definitely part of that privileged minority that hadn't been touched until until losing Jaden. And um, I think I was really horrified to see some of the statistics around suicide being the leading cause of death in young Australians from 14 to 45. And so I will be the first to say I was extremely naive. And therefore with that, I just didn't know a huge amount about mental health, what it was, how to maintain it, what to look for in someone who might be struggling and obviously Taking on the project i've upskilled myself and done what I can, and have learned so much that now, yeah, in hindsight it's it could be crippling to look back and think about the things that I missed on in our last phone call and things like that. Um, so what i've tried to focus on is yes, I've learned this, and these are maybe some of the things and trying to upskill and use training and awareness sessions to educate others to hopefully avoid um losing someone in such a horrific way. So yeah, hindsight's one of those tricky things. Um and I think like with grief um there's a saying that it doesn't disappear but you learn how to grow around it and I've always tried to yeah, keep that kind of mentality for myself and looking after my mental well-being um as well, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it was a tough question. I, you know, and I appreciate your answer because it's, it's something you know, working in this mental health space like you are, and I'm sure you get asked that question a bit as well. It's just, it's, it's a really hard one to answer because, like it, it, mm. it does mental illness and, um, and people that are having suicidal thought thoughts or or whatever it is that's affecting their their mental health it does it shows up differently in every person and and it is a really oh. hard question to answer and that, that's just why I, I thought i'd ask you that because i know the people you know that i deal with um and, and i've met through my journey that are, are dealing with the loss of a family member or a community member through suicide you know i've always got you know that that, that typical you know that they can be angry. They can be sad. They can be frustrated, um, and because there's so many unanswered questions, and it's just um, interesting to get your perspective on that. Um, so you were saying about over a thousand trees. I just looked just before we jumped online. There's a, a thousand and six registered trees. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only in Australia but worldwide. So how did it? How do you? Uh, how did it take off internationally?
1: Um, who was the first, I think the US was the first, so there's a blue tree now on every continent except for Antarctica. However, I'll let you know, we are working on that currently. Um, so I think the US were the first ones to jump on board. And then I think UK had a tree very early on. And I think what's happened is it's purely someone seeing our page, our social Instagram page and saying, you know what that's something that I can do here, so it's um, been unreal to sort of see it yeah cross across <laughs> the shores of Australia and to other parts of the world and I think once again it just shows that mental health isn't something that discriminates um, and there's huge cultural differences across the world as well in regards to mental health, so um, obviously most of them are here in Australia it is very minimal amounts overseas but we'll take it yep. <laughs> and um, I think 60% of trees are in WA which obviously makes sense started here
0: the list is very long Muck and,
1: Buden <laughs> and sort of grew it is very long and um, yeah I think what's wonderful is that it started as that real grassroots from the bottom up rather than it sort of Being forced from the top down, which is why I think so many people can relate to it. And also, it's allowed people to take it on and make it work in their environment, whether it's building a metal sculpture, painting a mural, um, transplanting a branch in a pot. There's so many different ways that people have been able to sort of jump on board and support our cause and mission. And um, yeah, we're so grateful to everyone who has done that, because I feel like we've only been able to get to that point out of the time and effort that people out there in the community um, have been able to take on. And we've definitely reached uh, industries that are male dominated because of it, once again, being that practical hands-on activity, which is so important because as we know, you blokes um, are just the hardest to really get to in regards to mental health and that's why we have that focus in regional areas it's very close to my heart growing up in the country but that stoic man up toughen up she'll be right mentality that has just been born and bred out in the bush and um, it's it's obviously got better, but it is still very real. And therefore, that stigma and that taboo around the topic of speaking out or getting help or seeing a psychologist or a therapist, it's still very much there, um, which is why we do have that focus on being, um, well, servicing regional areas.
0: And it's its interesting you say about us blokes. It, its I ask a question in my presentation, you know, and, and I always say I'm not being Um, This is not being disrespectful to any mental health (laughs) initiative in Australia, but I asked, you know, if I went around the room right now and asked, are you okay, what would would be the answer? And Mm -hmm. most, most of the blokes in the room, and 99%, and I always pick one bloke out in the audience because he's the one I've spotted, and they just give you a nod, you know, give you a wink and a nod, and that's it and the, basically that conversation's over because old mate, he's all right because he's told me, he's given me the wink but that's the end of that conversation. We need to delve a little bit deeper into those conversations and it's interesting that yeah. I think the Blue Tree Project does that because it's interesting because obviously I do a bit of travelling myself around the country and I t- love taking when I see a tree, I always take a put- picture and put it on my, my Instagram if I see a blue tree and and reiterate that that message it's interesting you get some of the comments that you get and they go oh i wondered you know i've passed lots of them trees i wondered what they were for so it's interesting when um, i think part of creating change in the mental health space is about creating curiosity as well so people will ask questions as well because that's i think that's an important part of that communication and conversation that we need to have and people have got to instead of you know being worried about the stigma around mental illness and suicide and and poor mental health in our community they need to be more curious and ask more questions and get a greater understanding i think and i think that's what what the blue tree project does it creates that bit of curiosity but you know it's interesting that even though people would pass them a a fair bit they still don't understand what they're actually about and and that 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 kind of leads me to a there's a there's a in the upper Murray up in um and it's on a a family farm and it's, it's the tree Sam's tree and it's pretty um significant tree to me like a personal story I met this family um post um after the 2019 2020 bushfires and um not long after the bushfires they actually lost Sam to suicide and um I'm fortunate enough; they're they're going to come on the podcast and share their story with me. And I don't, so I don't want to share too much about. It, but I just wanted the significance. So there's a there was a tree on the farm and it had been burnt. And Sam's dad and his brother decided to paint that tree. And it's a it's a very it's a, a stark reminder of a number of things because you know the tree's stark blue and particularly directly after the fires everything was still fairly black and and it's got these it's kind of stands with its arms up like that and the ends of the tree is still black because they couldn't reach that high but the tree's blue and 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 on the blue tree project um facebook page asked about or where are you seeing trees and and so forth and i ended up writing a post about it and it's about it was about sam's tree and um you know what it meant to me, like because i'm 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 not a family member or anything, but I'm kind of personally connected to the story and and the tree means so many things, and I'll be interested to know what some of the trees mean to you but there's a long list of things that this tree meant to me when I first saw it standing you know basically near their driveway and it means um and I'll read off what it meant to me it was like it's it's and what it stands for the tree stands for family and love and loss. Heartbreak, despair, tragedy, fragility, hope, triumph, overcoming adversity, bond, mateship, vulnerability, strength, courage, fight, healing, the past, the future, recognition, and remembrance, and they're the all these words. Kind of that tree just said those words to me, just standing there, like in the paddock, and it, it and it, as it's as like the project. Is all about is giving life to to trees that are you know that are either you know dead or this one in this case had been burnt and I think it was just such a great um, symbol of of hope and and all those other things that I said to you because that's you know that community gone through a lot they'd also lost a number of young people to suicide directly after the bushfires in a short period of time so. um you know that family's close to my heart and that that tree is um a significant reason why i do what i do like because it's uh, that drives me that's a you know i remember what that stands for and you know i always i said in that post as well is that sam uh, and i hate talking about statistics when i talk about mental health or about suicide because statistics are Mm -hmm. statistics um but to that 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 family and that community Sam meant all those things he was a mate he was a friend he was a son he was a brother he was you know he was everything not just a statistic and I think the tree and most of the trees that that do get painted have got a story behind them and they're so significant to understand what that story's about and, uh, and understand that it's not just about statistics
1: yeah I think that collection of descriptive words that you use just embodies yeah everything that people can feel about seeing a blue tree um when i see a blue tree or a new blue tree um there is that like pang of bittersweetness it's um special to see that someone has gone out and done that and got involved in our project and helping us spread our cause and mission um I also think of my brother and then I also think I wonder what the story is behind that blue tree because I think behind every blue tree lies a story and um, many trees are not um, memorials as such. They are points of reminders and that symbol of hope, um, which is what we always do try and focus on is, like you said, that future. Yep. It's for those, make sure that we can Um, break that cycle and stop people from suffering and get the help that they need knowing that there is always someone there to who wants to be there for them no matter no matter how bad that they think things are and um thank you yeah for sharing that very special story and I think it's hearing stories like that, that a specific blue tree that wants me yeah it keeps me doing what I'm doing um, because it can be really challenging working in this industry and having that personal experience and that lived experience. Um, you can wear a lot of your own trauma and other people's trauma publicly, um, which can be quite exhausting. But I think it's hearing the hopeful stories as part of it that makes it all worthwhile at this point um, for me. And, yeah, it's just... um so tragic like you said in statistics i hate i also say that i hate statistics and saying that my brother is now a statistic is just not he's more than that and so many people are and i think that we lose sight maybe of the ripple effect that one loss can have in a community and especially close-knit communities and particularly in regional areas where um yeah, you grew up in these close-knit communities and the loss of one person has a de- devastating impact on that surrounding area. And, um, yeah, I know we're focusing probably a, a lot on the problem at the moment and um, loss at the moment. So I do want to make sure that we do leave people feeling empowered, but that's why it's so important to make sure that we have those reminders out there and conversation starters to make sure we can talk about it make sure people I think sharing your vulnerability sharing your story will only help empower others um, to do the same or seek help um, as well so I think sharing your stories of hope um, how you've managed to get through uh, your really difficult dark days and what worked for you I think sharing that will only encourage others to also go on their journey to seek support if needed
0: yeah and i think i just picked up and that's why i love not having a scripted conversation because you pick up things so um you were saying just a little minute ago about working in the industry and having your own lived experience and taking on other people's um trauma and and grief and all that sort of stuff um so what do you do for yourself um to look after your own well-being
1: Mm. so I am very fortunate to have a close-knit community and support network and I think our family certainly isn't lucky by any stretch so I don't like that term but we are fortunate in a sense that we have a community that has surrounded us and supported us and this legacy um, of the Blue Tree Project and so I've always felt incredibly supported and that I can lean on so many different people, whether it's friends, my partner, loved ones, family, obviously, um, board, as well as seeking more professional help or um, ensuring that I do the things that I enjoy and that I love. And um, an example of that is gardening and being outside probably has something to do with growing up on the farm. Um, My mum has landscaped the most incredible garden and so I think the green thumb has sort of snuck through and so I love being outside, doing DIY projects, getting on the tools when I can and, um, yeah, there's something about getting your hands dirty and being with nature essentially. So, yeah, most weekends you'll find me doing that, pottering around the yard and um, so that's something that is kind of essential for me. Um, diet and exercise is obviously something we have to be conscious of I will admit the last couple of months I've I've sort of lost my way winter it's incredibly hard to stay motivated in winter <laughs> um, but it is something I am conscious of um, and mindful of especially given the research being done around how linked our gut and our brains are and how um, our gut bacteria or microbes in our gut can literally influence our mental health. So, um, yeah, always mindful of you are what you eat and, get yeah, limiting alcohol and sugars and all the bad but delicious things. Yeah, all the bad
0: slash <laughs> good things in life.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. Funny.
0: Um, so – I, I do really want to finish on a positive note, and if there's any other tips or tricks that you want to share, but I'd also like to know a little bit more about the future of the Blue Tree Project, where you see it going, and um, and I suppose mm. the the impact and leg- legacy that you would like to see left when um, you're no longer in charge, or or whatever. Um, what would you yeah. like to see into the future of you know, where the Blue Tree? project is going
1: so i'll touch on um tips and tricks and like you said i really want people to sort of get something out of the podcast as much as possible um i'm always mindful of not just focusing on the problem um so something i often share on ways that we can um reduce the stigma in regards to mental health is firstly be very mindful of the vocabulary that we use around the topic. So not using the term committed um, when referring to suicide, because it is a term that was coined from back in the old day. And it's when suicide was a literal crime to take your own life. And I think that's really tragic. And so someone shared that with me very early on after losing Jaden. And I thought, Anytime I had the opportunity to share that knowledge, I would because I think it's almost like second nature to us. We grew up saying that term and, um, yeah, so I like to pass that on. Um, Secondly, share your stories because, like I said, I've seen it time and time again that um, if you share vulnerably and authentically, you will only empower others to do the same. So I think storytelling um, is a really powerful when it comes to mental health. Um, Then lastly, well, actually not lastly, thirdly, educate yourself more on the topic as a whole. I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you're already interested in mental health and therefore you may have a good set of skills. Um, However, if not, uh, take the opportunity to upskill yourself. There are so many courses um, such as mental health first aid, um, out there that are really great for giving you those practical tools on how to approach those conversations that can be daunting or difficult. So um yeah and just gives you that gives you the power to take on those conversations when someone maybe answers back to you from the typical questions that we ask, oh hey, how are you going? Or um I've noticed you're a little bit off, everything okay. You kind of think it's a natural instinct to just say yeah good or the the very like monotonous responses so i think if someone does come back and say you know what i'm actually not tracking so well and then it's caught you off guard and you're not sure what the next step is or you've asked the question are you okay and people say you know what i'm not and they go oh shit yeah, well i wasn't actually expecting that you're supposed to just say yes because everyone just says yeah i'm good yeah. um so i think yeah really encouraging you to have those skills um, And then lastly, I like to talk about having an action plan. So if you find that your life um, is becoming a little derailed or you are slipping into unhealthy habits and you're noticing changes in your behavior, what preventative approaches can you take? Like, um, who would you go to? Who would you speak with? What local services do you have in your area? So it's if the day came where you were in a literal mental health crisis and you're brain cannot make those decisions, um, help problem solve, you have an action list that you would go to. So I'm often surprised um, how little people know about what support is in their area or around them or who they would go to if everything fell apart, if they were in that crisis. So whether you write it in a journal, in your notes, in your phone, a sticky on your fridge, on the side, whatever it is, it's there. So, um, and you can even like tell those that are in your plan, um, hey, look, if everything fell apart one day, you're my go-to, like just wanted you to know that type thing. So, um, yeah, I'm a big one for having that action plan, doing some research, what support services in your area and some of the smaller support services um, and not-for-profits are doing great work I think we often hear about the more conglomerates um, and some of them obviously like like Lifeline doing fantastic work on that front line and really admire what they're doing Um, but it's also what other um, services are out there that might be able to assist so think, yeah, educating yourself on the topic as a whole or what support um, you've got at hand or who, we, who you would turn to um, if things um, sort of, yeah, start going in the wrong direction. So we're big on talking about that preventative approach and stopping people from getting to that breaking point um, because... Unfortunately, our mental health system isn't really built for mental health, modern, well, modern-day concerns, and so we want to stop people from getting to that breaking point. Um, And then I guess in regards to what the future holds for Blue Tree Project, we've just got our own office space, which is very exciting and very appropriately named um, The Tree Cups. So this is a space that... Um, has been a long time coming for us. It's now our office space, um, a place where we can host workshops and courses, such as the mental health first aid. Um, we've got like a recording studio. So the idea is that we will be able to grow in this space and hopefully do more and reach more people as we continue to grow. And um, yeah, it's sort of pushing. Over into the eastern states, we're finding a lot of the blue trees that are being painted currently are coming from the eastern states, so we're pretty excited to head over. So if you don't mind me doing a bit of a call-out for anyone who's interested in, um, yeah, working together or having a bit of a visit whilst we're over there, it'd be really great to, um, yeah, get out into the regional areas um, in New South Wales and Queensland particularly, I think. And Victoria, we won't miss them, actually. <laughs> There's a few trees there. But New yep. South Wales and Queensland have the most blue trees um, for the state, The states over east. So, yep. yeah, we're looking to expand and push out there and also um, facilitate uh, awareness sessions in regional areas. So we'll be doing that focusing within WA and we've got a facilitator who has great experience in health and safety and has done 20 plus years as a paramedic and so has had that real life experience of um people who are in mental health crisis and um, it's really valuable to hear her insights so it's exciting for us as we yeah continue to expand our offerings and education and continue our focus in regional areas because of the challenging um nature of that and WA is particularly unique in its vastness and need of service across all the different regions and so we're mindful of this and I think if we can make it work here in WA we can sort of make it work everywhere else <laughs>
0: yeah and that's one of the things that I picked up being in Western Australia for that week was um yeah the not the lack of but the, because of the broadness and uh, and the, I suppose the it's such a diverse state that yeah. there is there is a you know let's be real, um be real about it there's a big hole in the mental yeah. health space in western australia that needs to needs to be filled and needs people to be aware of and you know we talk about and particularly like around the the blue tree project being a grassroots thing I I'm a I'm a big believer in you know that also is, a, is probably the way that we're going to you know solve or make yeah. change in this mental health space is from the grassroots level and, and including you know you talked about that action plan as one of the things I talk about is knowing your five people you know your five yeah. people in your support network are so important here and and acknowledging them and let, letting them know that they're in your support network instead of just getting yeah. this random phone call when you when things fall apart is to understand um, so so they can be prepared and and maybe educate themselves a bit more and and you know if we all keep, if we all start doing that one of us will know someone else in the five and all our circles will start to intersect and we'll start building more resilient communities so that's really important. Yeah. Really appreciated your chat today, like your, your insights and your, and I can tell um, your passion uh, for the space as well, um, which is yeah, is really great to hear. And you know, um, I'm looking forward to catching up with you when I'm in Western Australia, and 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 having a face to face chat with you will be really yeah. good. Um, yeah. And and just following the work that the Blue Tro- Project uh, that big mouthful that the blue tree project does you know in different communities and as i said like i see the trees everywhere as i'm traveling around as well and and i think the same thing you always wonder what the story what's the story behind that is it just a a very um proactive community or is there a is there a story behind that tree so I just want to finish off with some um, some random questions and we did talk a little bit off there before we started about these questions. So I've given you time to think about them. but
1: well, I don't know if I'm any further forward with some of them. Let's see right. how we go. That,
0: that, that'll, that'll close it out nicely. <laughs> you've, you've spoken very well so far, so this could, this could trip you up. <laughs> so um, I always ask everyone, have you got a favourite book? Have you got a favourite book that you've read that, you know, has either inspired you or is a is a comfort to read because I, you know, one of those things having a good mindfulness strategy in your toolbox is also good. And reading's one of those could can be a mindfulness strategy mm. that you can import. So, if you've got a book that that you um that you've that you've enjoyed reading or has inspired you,
1: yeah, I reading is really important, and that's something I've tried to do more. Um, to stop the scroll at night as well, like put your phone away and get the book out and it has to be like an actual book for me. Um, so I have read a few and I think, I mean, there's lots of inspiring ones and Jaden loved reading and, in fact, his bookshelf is quite incredible for someone who was 29. It's, um, yeah, one of my favourite things every time I go home, I love to go and sort of look over the books and see what's there and maybe see if there's something else read and there's plenty of those. Um, but there was one book that he introduced me to that I found really motivating, um, zero to one. Um, it's probably time that I read it again. It's probably a book that maybe lots of people haven't even heard of, but it was one that he recommended. It was kind of like my first entrepreneurial type book that I read that really resonated with me and kind of stayed with me. Um, so I really recommend that one for okay. people. Um but then if we go with like enjoyment <laughs> like for reading, um I loved I Am Pilgrim. I also am not sure if people have heard about that one, but that's also fantastic and absolute page turner. Very entertaining.
0: Well, well good. I'll be able to add them if you haven't heard of them. I'll add them in the show notes so everyone will be able to, to check them out. What about favorite music? Yeah. Another good you know, another thing that I use as a mindfulness strategy is music and um so favorite music. Mm.
1: Okay. So I've got like polar opposites. So after a long, hard day, if my partner hears me having a bath, listening to Frank Sinatra, it's been a tough day. (laughs) Um, And then at the other end, I love Beyonce and her new album particularly. It's just phenomenal. Just unreal. Like I'm pretty sure Spotify told me I was in like the 0.05% of listeners for her album. So I had had it on repeat nonstop, so but did, really empowering. I loved that. So yeah. did that say
0: listener slash stalker or was it just? A, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had,
1: passionate that, that, fan.
0: Passionate fan. So that, yeah. that's good. That's diverse. And yeah. that's uh, that's another thing I think is really important that we shouldn't lock ourselves in. We should be curious again to explore all sorts of music. Mm. Um and this one might be a little bit harder for you i don't know what about your favorite quote
1: i share my pain well i share my story not to share the pain but to share the hope and that is from eddie jacku from the happiest man alive which is also another fantastic book if people haven't read but i share that one quite openly when i speak as
0: well i recommend that is a great book to read like um yeah, mm. just it really, but really challenges you sometimes when you read a book like that to think, "Have I really mm. got any problems?" <laughs> it really challenges your thinking. I
1: know, I know. Yeah. There's something about that perspective shift or being grateful for what we do have, and yeah, I think quite often we can lose sight of that, and it's very easy to do in the life that we live. Like a very fast paced lifestyle now, it's quite yep. hard to very easy to lose track of sort of what is important or what we should be prioritising, yeah.
0: So the next two questions might combine a little bit, but who inspires you?
1: Um, yeah, that one is tricky. I have to admit I don't know if there's any one particular person that like really inspires me that I'll – follow their accounts and read everything they've done or listen to everything they've said um i sort of like to gather points of view from all over the place i think a cherry pick in that sense so i i really can't say one person in
0: particular that's a fantastic answer because yeah because you shouldn't probably you need to have a broad range of views i think to especially working Mm. in this in this um Space as well, <laughs> and the last question—so yeah. probably the hardest question—and um, as <laughs> we discussed off off offline, that if you could ask five people to dinner, and we're excluding family and friends here, if you could ask five people that that would be on your hit list, oh, if I could invite them to dinner, yeah. that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Who would the five people be?
1: Okay, well, touching on some of those that I've sort of said, I think um, so. I'm a big tennis fan and. Um, as part of the Australian of the Year Awards I was very fortunate to meet Dylan Alcott and I've been um, a big fan of his and read his book and to meet him in person um, was just a dream come true so I definitely invite him again Um, and Serena Williams I think um, what she's achieved in tennis is just phenomenal and just yeah really powerful woman Um, Frank Sinatra and Beyonce I think as well (laughs) and um, I think. Lastly, I'm just about to buy her book, but I hear it's incredible. And um, I think what she's done as well has been incredible. But Michelle Obama, I think I would really love to just be a fly on the wall with her. You know well, be at her with at a dinner table, and yeah, I think those five people would be interesting dinner party. Well, that would be an
0: interesting dinner party, and you could have a bit of a sing along at the end with Beyonce and Frank. <laughs> That would be fantastic.
1: Oh, what a dream!
0: So, okay. Kennel, I, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your honesty and yeah, and all the answers to your questions and 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 sharing the story of the, of the Blue Tree Project. I really appreciate your time today. Now, if people want to check out, get involved um, with the Blue mm. Tree Project, or as you said, you know, even want to paint a tree in their community, how do they? get in contact with you or with with the project
1: yeah so our website is definitely a great um first place to sort of visit and getting a range of information about how we've come about how you can get involved or even volunteer join our events have us facilitate a mental health awareness session for you um they're all great ways to support us. If you want to champion our cause, we do sell merch as well. And we try and make these sort of everyday things that you actually be able to wear. And um, yeah, I think we try and offer a range of different ways for people to get involved, or it could be as simple as sharing some of our um, things on social media that maybe resonate with you to help us spread our message just that little bit further. And or yeah going out and getting your hands dirty organizing a community painting day finding a tree on your land or if there's council land you can get the council involved to bring a group of people together and um yeah make a bit of an event about it have a cook up and use it as a way to Get conversations flowing, and even invite local support services if there are any around the area to come along and act as that friendly face. Um, these are the kind of people that you can talk to if things are um, if you're struggling or things not going your way. So, um, yeah, I think we also appreciate donations so we can keep doing what we do. But overall, it's just looking after yourself because. The best way that you can look after others is by ensuring you're looking after yourself. So, if you are struggling or feeling emotionally exhausted at the moment, please reach out for help and please know that there is always, always someone who wants to be there for you, no matter how bad you think things are. That's sort of my final message for today.
0: Well, good on you, Kendall. Thank you for your time on the podcast today, and I'm sure the listeners will get plenty out of what we've talked about today and. Once again, appreciate your time, and and I look forward to catching up with you down the track and um and meeting you face to face. So thank you very much, and thank you very much. And um until next time, we'll we'll talk to you again. See you, bye.
1: Thanks, Warren. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining me on today's podcast and I appreciate any feedback and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Beyond the Back Padding podcast.